to the trade i'm gina beck this is drew williams thank you for listening liking commenting and subscribing i appreciate y'all especially the apple podcast reviews it really means a lot thank you so much thank you guys for always the continued support the hashtag banana cats and seeing the regular names but we do notice them thank you guys how are you drew i'm doing all right got no real complaints how are you i'm good just getting ready for my trip by the time you guys are listening to this i will be in texas hanging out with jenna um i yeah i'm, I'm so stoked for you you guys are gonna have um, so much fun <laughs> looking forward to it uh i get to go on adventure in seattle beforehand it's gonna be pretty fun so we're kind of pre-recording this because we want to be able to deliver an episode to you guys and i'm just gonna be super busy while i'm there so i'm not gonna be able to have my mic and stuff like that but let's get into the podcast i wanted to talk about a few things and so did drew um, I want to start with something that I don't know if you guys have heard about, but should hear about. A 64-year-old woman was ambushed by a man in a blue surgical mask. He was, uh, she was put in a chokehold and raped on the ground in East Harlem last month. This was just announced 11 hours ago. I guess there was a death from the injuries, police said, and the woman was attacked as she walked along 111th Street. Shortly before midnight on like May 18th, um, there was surveillance footage released by police and it shows a man grab the woman on the sidewalk and they struggle. He slams her against the wall of a building, then forces her to the ground where the assault con- continues. The suspect filed, or excuse me, the suspect fled on city bike police said at the time and a 38-year-old Brooklyn named Frankie Harris was later arrested on charges of first-degree rape, strangulation, sex abuse, and attempted murder. Cops have reclassified the case as homicide since the victim died May 27th, meaning Harris will likely face upgraded charges. Uh, could you imagine just walking down the street and being attacked like that? That's I mean, you die. So you can't imagine. I was, when you were explaining the story, I was waiting for you to tell me to be like, the guy's still on the run because of the mask, but they totally got him. So, I mean, I mean it's horrible, but at least he's been caught. You're not going to have him still out there, but that that's brutal that's really really she got basically raped to death yeah blindsided and attacked and it was just the worst kind of attack there could be and on the street too like there's nobody walking by or hearing nobody hearing screams it's such a messed up feeling yeah that's that's a terrible way to spend the last moments of your life but at least i mean not at least but at least they got him. I mean, yeah, a lot right. of a lot of these type of people get away or at least commit more. So, and hopefully he has a long punishment. I'm not sure how, how long he'll be in there, but if we see an update, we'll definitely it won't talk be about long it again. Enough. It won't be long enough. Oh wait, it never <laughs> is long enough. Never. This though, this was 19 hours ago. It was announced a student raped and killed in church. Wanted to become a minister and preach the word of God. His sister says, "I guess." Even after um, she gained admission of the University of Benin last year, the 22-year-old didn't stop taking classes at a local parish of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. And her older sister told 
the news station last Wednesday, the student was found dead, lying half naked in a pool of blood at the church where she had been a member of the choir for many years, according to the church official. And despite the best efforts of doctors to save her life, one whom her family described as kind and intelligent died days after the attack. She wanted to be a minister and preach the word of God. The church was her favorite place to be. Judith 24 had said to them that she was murdered where she always found peace is just devastating. And that truly is. Like, I mean, to happen, have that happen in a church, I mean, not that molestations don't happen in those type of places too, but for someone like that who actually has real faith and... Did they catch anybody? Yeah, she... What's that? Did they catch anybody? The Whoever did this? Well, you. she usually went to church on weekdays to study to avoid distractions from her siblings at home. And the student went more regularly in recent months as her university was one of the dozens shuttered by authorities as part of measures to halt the coronavirus. And on the day her sister was attacked, Judah said she walked with her to the gate of their home or she left for church not knowing that it would be the last time she'd see her sister alive they had complained that we made a lot of noise at home watching tv and it was getting worse now that everyone is at home they, she had said that day she was wearing one of my clothes and i was teasing her she said that is what sisters do a man had been arrested in connection with the death and police say forensics show that she had been hit on the head with a fire extinguisher and it was also found at the scene. Uh, the police command spokesman, Chidi, told reporters earlier this week the item used in the assault, which was a fire extinguisher, was recovered. And immediately they screened the fingerprints, which led to the man. So yes, he is arrested. The family had told them that the medic said that she was raped, but the police have stopped short of calling it rape and instead described it as inhumane sexual assault. Rape is considered a stigma in most families. Uh, especially Nigerian families, and it's extraordinary for her family to reveal that this happened to her. So they like to use other phrases. It shows how police are unwilling to even investigate rape cases and will rather probe murder allegations. Both are heinous crimes and none should be dismissed for the other. So that happened in Nigeria? This happened... They're a Nigerian family, but it happened... In one second, it says it happened in Bukola. Is that in Nigeria? Sounds like it, but it could, totally could not be. Who knows? We'd have to look it up. <laughs> it's all good. I just was curious. I didn't know if it was like a, a whole community. They like are that. a Nigerian family. So like that's their culture and they're just paying respect, I guess, in a way. It is a strong word and it, I mean, when people hear it, they either cringe or just like don't want to talk about it. So... Well, it seems it makes to be sense our, a little bit. topics we like to cover here, the ones no one wants to talk about. So that kind of leads me to... I feel like people the... will be opening up and talking about things. You know, I, I feel like it's just a matter of time. Because, like, so many people are just, you know, more and more people of importance that people are looked up to these days are becoming predators. You can't hide if You know, you can't hide that kind of stuff forever. No, not at all. This uh, this is a good little segue to what I wanted to talk about. I found a short documentary. I think Gina watched it too. It was uh, titled Child Sacrifice is on the Rise in Uganda. Child sacrifice in Uganda is real. There is a pastor named Peter. I'm not going to butcher your last name, sir, so I'm going to call you Pastor Pete. He's on the front lines of fighting this. 
Uganda child sacrifice has been a recent issue since 2010, and where he works, he is in a town called Kapisi, and it has roughly a population of 600,000 people. And just in 2019, 30 children have gone missing. The majority of these children don't survive, and when they do survive, they're pretty bad. Most of them are pretty badly mutilated, missing fingers, limbs, ears. I would imagine because of the child type of child sacrifice, some of them have their gen- if they live, their genitalia is uh, damaged. They show some of these kids that survived, and it's a complete miracle that they they even survived. And it's it's crazy that it's it's real. Everyone always wants to talk about conspiracy theories about child sacrifice, like in the Western world, but you can find it thirty cases a year going back ten years in Uganda, and it's they're they're horrific. It's it's a scary place everywhere, and it's in some cases they were saying these witch doctors convince poor families to sell their own children for the practice because they also use children organs and things like that. Very much just like the conspiracy theories everyone talks about, but they're actually doing them in these places. What did you think about all of it? I think it's it's just it's stuff that I wish was talked about more and more on mainstream. You know, it's always like tucked away. A lot of these news articles are, you have to find them. They don't just show up like other news articles do. I can give plenty of examples, but you guys know what I'm talking about. And it's just disgusting. And I think it happens more than people think. And it's. Because this was just one village and they were saying that, excuse me, they were saying that not only were the police underfunded, but they were having outsiders, people from not from the country, uh, mainly a lot of them Australian, funding the prosecution of these witch doctors that are practicing this. And it's scary to think if 30 is just coming from one little area, how many are going unreported? Too many. That's sad. And that, that can go for really anything in any area. That's happening everywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if they're killing children there, imagine how bad child sex abuse is probably getting used there and also how old are the people that are doing it like because they range all ages like this is a good leeway into what i wanted to mention a 19 year old man he's behind bars after he was arrested by police just on friday for allegedly abducting and raping a 44 year old woman it was wednesday june 3rd at 2 p.m the victim was near her residence in the area uh near their house he approached her with a handgun and forced her into his vehicle. He drove the woman to a business located north of the town where authorities say he sexually assaulted her. The suspect then ordered the woman out of the vehicle and left the victim, called for help, to which officers from Elkhart County Sheriff's Office responded. And after putting together enough information, investigators were able to locate him, Jalen Yoder, at his home. And a SWAT team was called to assist in serving the search warrant and went to the home on Friday. Uh, He refused to come out, though, but after a while, negotiators were able to encourage him to come out of the home and was taken to custody. But they range from all ages to 19 years old, you know? It's like... That's so young to be be kidnapping. That is... I mean, he's just... He could be in high school at 19. He could be one of those older kids. He could still be in high school. That's crazy. Right. Or fresh out of high school or still there or whatever. Either way, he's late teens. You have your whole life ahead of you. And 
Uh, well, he'll what be was going through his mind, you know? He's marked for the rest of his life. Even if he gets out, he'll be... I mean, which he will, unfortunately, because there's not enough punishment for these people. But he'll be a registered sex offender for the rest of his life. He'll be a new member of Watchdog soon. It's just insane. I mean, there's tons of stories just like this. If you guys want to find them, you go to Google, and you could type in uh, recent cases in your search bar, and then go to news, and you can see... Just hours ago, within days, and go as far as months to see cases. You can even type in your area and find the ones that are in your area. Pretty informative, and they help you just be able to be aware for people that are doing these things. And that it can happen in your area, so that way you're not totally sheltered from what's going on around you. Scary world. It is scary, but we do have a lot of things that... It does seem like forensic evidence is better. At least cameras seem to be catching people. At least because two of the stories you, you named, the people did get caught. It's unfortunate the crimes were committed, but it is good when they're actually, you know, removed from society. Yeah, they just, they just need more time. They'd be great at catching them. They just need more punishment. But I think that'll do it for this episode. Thank you for listening, liking, commenting, and subscribing. I appreciate y'all. Until next time, Banana Cats. Much love. Banana Cats. Peace.